This week's episode is going to be part one of our 2024 Winter Classic recap with Alan and I talking about the Winter Classic in Batesville, Mississippi. Hope you enjoy this one. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. This is Trevor Wade. I'm the Coonhound Program Manager at UKC, and I'm joined today by Alan Gingrich, Director of Hunting Ops. What's going on today, Alan? Hey, it's a good day, Trevor. I'm. Uh, it's been a good day. It's been a good week, actually. Came back from the Winter Classic. You, you know how it is. We got back to the office on Tuesday and a lot to unwrap and all this and that, you know, but uh, things are coming along. A lot to a lot to, We're busy, that's for sure. Yeah, it's always... Uh, a- those major events are always fun, but when you get back, it's uh, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. Checking them off the to do list one uh, one thing at a time here. So it's your. And one of the things is this podcast. Yeah, it sure felt good Monday though to take the day off, didn't it? <laughs> About needed it on Sunday. I think I was a <laughs> zombie. I, I don't know how if when it went, when the Super Bowl went into overtime, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Hey, I watched, we watched the first half of it, and I think most of the third quarter and went back to the whole, or the hotel room for the last quarter, and I didn't watch very much of it at all. I was out. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's some of the, the hardships, I guess, we have to deal with when it's on the weekend of a major event. Yep. But, hey, you, you got to spend two whole weeks in Mississippi. Does it feel good to finally be home again? Well, it is. You know, I really enjoyed it, though. That's always the last couple of years it's been like that. You know, normally we would come home from the Beagle trial on a uh, – we'd leave Saturday or Sunday and be home on a Monday, make it a two-day trip again, basically. But then in this case, we turn around on Tuesday and go right back down for the Winter Classic. So – uh, you know, uh, logistically and, and financially it just makes sense to just stay there. And no, so it, it was a good two weeks, week and a half, I guess. Yeah. 10 days. You get, yeah. You got to spend a lot of time down there. Got to do some hunting and everything else. Yeah. Coon hunted a little bit. Yeah. Watch some rabbit dogs go. You know, they have that, uh, Fox trial in Grenada just down the road from, uh, from Batesville. Last right. year we went and watched that on a Monday and they turned, I want to say around 470 dogs loose last year. This year, uh, Terry Walker, you know, with the American Coon, he's he's involved with that. Uh, this year, I saw where he posted they had like seven hundred and seventeen foxhounds. They turned loose, and that is that is a sight to see, Trevor. Man, you you've probably seen pictures of it, but you should be out there one day and just see that. It's amazing. Yeah, I can only imagine what it looks like and what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey! well, today we're kind of recapping the Winter Classic while it's still here fresh on our minds. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the show, the hunts, and, and everything in between. And I guess we'll kind of get started with just the kind of an overview of the event. And this was kind of, I, obviously I missed last year, uh, but this year was the first year I've had, I've been able to be there with the new layout. And I kind of, I really like it better with this, the ring centered, the bench show ring centered and all the vendors around it. I think it gives it a, it looks awesome, especially from the concourse. Yeah, you walk into the building, and that's kind of the first thing you see, and it's you see the face of it better this way, I think, as opposed to when it was turned the other way. When we say turned, it was uh, the the stage was uh, was turned 
to the side basically and facing the south end and uh but now you see the face of it walking in uh, yeah i love it we moved the stage back further uh allowing more space in front of it for a lot of the bench show folks you know so we could uh, we needed a little more space for them to crate their dogs and as you saw this year uh they all have crates now and there yeah. was actually a lot of dogs on the floor that you don't really see and they're covered their crates are covered most of them and i think that's just their dogs i'm sure they're used to that they they feel they're used to their own crates and they feel more at home they're quiet and almost uh they're almost uh unseen there and it really it was, it was nice yeah it was nice though I guess the the first big curveball that we kind of encountered was the the door that most of the bench show enthusiasts come into. That one uh, overhead door they come in was surrounded by the dirt from the arena. Something we didn't know about, or you kind of broke the news to us, I think, because you were the first one there, and just we didn't know about it. Obviously, got a lot of uh, uh, feedback on that. That's something that we probably don't anticipate happening moving forward. We sure hope not. You know, you're right. We didn't know about that until we walked into the arena part and walked out there. I'm like, my goodness, you know, what is this? Uh, but yeah, that kind of closed that end off where we normally would bring our, all of our uh, show folks in. Uh, and, and that, it complicated it to a degree, you know, they, uh, yeah, we, we need to have that open for sure. And I did talk, the mayor showed up on Saturday and he wanted to loved the big crowd there and and they're very they they want us in Batesville you know and he was very quick to ask me you know what can they improve on this and that and that's definitely one of the things that we said we have to have you know so hopefully this is a one time deal where uh uh where we couldn't use that end and uh and he he's talking like they're actually going to extend and build that part out further you know, and uh, so I don't know if they're going to keep dirt in there or not, but at least that uh, that end would be open for use again. And it sure made a difference, that's for sure. Yeah, and I appreciate all the exhibitors kind of powering through that with us yeah. and making the best. I appreciate sure. that. For sure. Uh, another thing to talk about real quick, the vendors seem to have a pretty decent crowd of vendors there. A lot of the usual suspects we see at major events and some new names. We're seeing some uh, new, and it's always the case. There's always a, a few outgoing and a few incoming, as is uh, just how life works. And we had a bunch of good vendors there and I just like how they're all around the, the arena instead of just being kind of hooked down to just one half of the arena over there, kind of crammed together. You kind of got room to stretch your legs and, and get walked around and everything. Yeah. You know, the one thing we're talking about the layout a little bit and now the vendors, but there's two things kind of that I'd, I'd like to mention here that I think you and I talked about it is on the, each side of the stage, we have what we refer to as like the Island vendors, they were, yep. where they're kind of in the middle. We had them spread out to the outside too far. So we obviously took some new measurement, different measurements, and next year we're wanting to move them in towards the stage about 15 feet. So that will also open the aisleways a little better uh, on the outside, you know, between the wall vendors and those island vendors. And I think that's going to really make it a lot nicer because it got too tight. One of the reasons the the wall, some of the wall vendors, we had some of the, uh, some of the dirt they couldn't get out of there because I guess they had some ice storms and some things like that for like a week. And yep. no, they had a rodeo two weeks ago, so they couldn't get the dirt out as soon as they normally would. So they were they were hustling to even 
to, to get all that out. And, you know, so that was part of the problem, you know, so some of that was uh, still had some dirt around the walls a little bit. And so some of those, what I'm getting at is some of those vendors, we gave them a little more space coming out away from the wall because of that. So, yeah. uh, but Hey, they all worked around that and uh, it made everything a little more tighter, too tight almost, you know, uh, full is good, but too tight is also too tight. But I think we can have a, a, a good plan and uh, we'll able to be to fix some of that for next year. Yeah. And then most of the breed associations and also content creators had, had space around the perimeter and around the stage. And I'm excited about that. You know, as we go on the past couple of years, we've seen more and more podcasters and people with YouTube channels and just people creating content on Hound Sports. And it's a great thing. And, and at our major events, we try to give those people we want them to be there because any, any content they put out regarding our events is a good thing for us. And we appreciate the content they put out. We had five of them in tow this weekend. You're, you're right. I agree. I love that as well. You know, there might've been, you know, back in the day or used to kind of think, well, they're kind of, we have our own podcast as well, you know, like, but it's not like that. It's not a competition. It's the opposite of that. It's like any, any, uh, any content that we can get in regards to our event or any event for that matter, the sport, that's a good thing for everybody. And that's a good thing for us. Why would we not want to have all of them there? And I love it. Yeah, we're all working together in this thing. And and just a real quick shout out to the content creators for being there. Gone to the Dogs podcast, Steve Fielder was there. Uh, Coon Hunting Media podcast, one of the newer guys, Kyle Lokes, who I think we'll get to a little bit later, was there. Just a young kid. Uh, Hunter's Wheelhouse, Jason Hunter, had a spectacular display out there. He had a lot of traffic. Uh, he put in a, a 110% for his uh, display over there. Uh, Semper dogging with uh, with Bryce. He was down there on the far end next to Jay Lash, uh, one of his sponsors. And then Legends of the Black and Tan Coonhound, uh, what Ray Conrad and Chad Smith have been doing. Um, they were over by the Black and Tan table. I think they probably got a later start than they thought. I'm not sure if they got any content there but or if they even set up, but I knew that we had a spot for them there. So. Yeah, no, that was great to have all of them there. And, and uh, hopefully, I know they, I saw they had folks sitting there doing some recording, so I'm... Uh, excited to listen to some of uh, the content that they recorded there. Yeah. I think we had a, a, a pretty good crowd walking around this year too. So I think that'll help both the content and the vendors. And I hope everybody, uh, a good crowd is good for everybody. So it was good to see a, a good crowd there walking around and, and participating. So, so let's, uh, let's kind of get started out with, off of the week. Uh, the first thing that happens is uh, usually the warm-up slam on Wednesday, but before we get to that, we're going to talk about the newest thing that we got going on, and if you've been around at all the past few months, you've heard us talk about the UKC Pro Slams uh, coming on. This was our second Coonhound Pro Slam that we did in conjunction with Winter Classic Warm-Up Slams, and it started on Wednesday night, and that was a fun deal. Uh, you had the you had the idea to do a Calcutta, and we ended up doing that on Wednesday night. We had perfect weather outside to do that, and uh, we did it while they were still drawing casts for the main warm up slam. So there was a hundred odd people out there, and uh, just out on the out in front of the building, and it was just a fun environment for everybody. I think. Yeah, and a good great place to do it too. You know, everybody could participate. Anybody could bid on it. Not just the owners of the handlers of the dogs in the pro slam. Anybody that was there could and. I tried to make it fun, you know, and it was, it was fun. We had yeah, kind we, of a uh, lame auctioneer doing it, but it was fun. <laughs> no, you did a great job. I kept, people kept coming up to me and saying, I didn't know Alec could do that. I was like, oh yeah. Well, hey, I'm He's telling you, Trevor, you try it. It's okay. It didn't, I wasn't really that nervous. It's, I've been doing it for a little bit. I'm not an auctioneer or anything, but I, I, you know, I have, uh, I like doing that sort of thing in a, 
practiced a little bit, I guess, but uh, still when you do it in front of people like that, and especially people, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you just let it go and it is what it is, you know, but it was fun. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, hopefully I'll get better. I need to get better at it, but Hey, hopefully people understand I'm not a professional or anything, but, uh, but, uh, yeah. If you're ever not able to do, and it's just me there, I'm just going to have to put out 16 pieces of paper and do a silent <laughs> auction. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I would think with that many people, there's got to be somebody in the crowd that's a professional auctioneer that we just don't know. Where was it? The Grand American, I think it was. I was talking to somebody about another idea I have for another day. Uh, but there is, uh, the word got out to this one guy comes up. He was from Alabama. and I, I forget his name now, but he said he was an auctioneer. And he wanted to be a part of this when we get this deal going or what have you. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. But you would think, you know, that many people, there's got to be somebody that is far better than I am. But, hey, I'm sure it'll come up here. They know we're doing some things like that or whatever. Somebody will step up. It was awesome. And you paid out the the winners of each of the the winning bidder on each cast and then they each got somewhere between 650 and 850 bucks it seemed like yeah. so it worked out pretty great. Yeah, we did it a little bit differently, you know, normally we you would take those 16 dogs and and auction all of them or Calcutta all of them and then uh and then I don't know, sometimes they do high score or however they do it, but we decided we're going to do uh draw the cast and then do uh just auction the four dogs in that cast and the whoever uh Whoever gets the winning dog, whoever uh, bought that winning dog is going to get everything. We paid back 100% of it. Uh, so, yeah, and it generated more money than I expected. I was hoping it'd be a couple hundred dollars, but, yeah. shoot, it was a couple hundred dollars per dog. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then absolutely. Saturday, shoot, the pot got up to $2,200. It's crazy. Just for, Yeah, just for $4. Four dollars, bucks. A lot of fun, yeah. though. Yeah, absolutely. So, so obviously that was a six. It was a, a max six sixteen dog hunt, and it sold out on the day it opened out up in a, less than less than an hour, somewhere around an hour. And you talked to some of the people who had entries, and a couple of them sold them. I think we ended up having three entries switch hands just from. They said they fielded you know five, six, seven phone calls each. People trying to buy their entries. There was some demand for it, so we've heard that feedback, and we're going to think about next year and all that good stuff. But. What a, a great start to it for! I was really tickled with that, the start of this Pro Slam series here at Winter yeah. Classic. Yeah, so. same here. You know the uh, the Walker Association; they're going to have one, uh, a couple of them. You know, along with their event this year, and it's it's almost turning out, I think, a little bit differently than you and I might have envisioned. Where I, it seems like this platform, the week of a major event, is a pretty good platform to have these during the week. So People we'll see. Come early. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Well, uh, we went from 16 dogs on Wednesday, and we ended up with a final cast on on Thursday. And like you said, we were able to auction them off again. The weather was kind of crummy out, uh, windy and a little rainy on that day. So we ended up doing the auction inside, and everybody was packed in. And like you said, $2,200 purse, and Mr. Mac Talent from uh, Missouri ended up taking home the full purse. He, uh, he ended up bidding on our winner, and I don't think he was going to let him go. I don't think so either. Every time <laughs> I looked up, he was just to the right of me, I remember, and he wasn't. He wasn't hesitating. Not one time. I think yeah. his final bid was what seven seventy five or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> who who I knows to, how far he would have went? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had a lot of confidence in that dog, I guess. Yeah. Well, hey, let's let's real quick go through the final four here and and where they ended up. Uh, our fourth place dog was a dog out of Van Cleve, Mississippi, owned by Doc and Brandon Parnell. 
And this was a two-year-old female tree and walker named Looking Up Chirpy. She won a thousand bucks. Yeah. In third place. Yeah. Oh, go you, ahead. you know, as far as I know, I don't know that I had ever met that Dyke Parnell, but what a nice guy, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. And after after getting to know him and talking to some yeah. other people who, who talked to him about us, he's one I'm going to remember. He's a, Me too. He's got a good reputation down there, and, and that goes a long ways when you hear people talking it is, good you stuff always, about somebody like that. You always meet new people every year at this event and a lot of the major events, you know, but for me, he was one of those, you know, and kind of just seemed like a great guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, third place here is Grand Knight Champion 2, Bottomland Gaucho. He's a two-year-old black and tan male owned by Chad McCoy and Brad Howe out of Hartford City, Indiana. Third place and $1,250 check heading their way. Yeah, you know, the little story on that dog is, as you can probably tell it better than I do, but he had some uh, some health issues, you know, where he had a, a hernia, a bad hernia, and and uh, I think they cut out a, the, the majority of his intestines, I think. You yeah, know, the dog Chad should eighty percent. Yeah, the dog should not have. Dog should probably not be, not be breathing right now. But yeah, what a story. Yeah. A second place is going to be Night Champion Hardwood Blue Tex. That was a two-year-old blue tick male owned by John Wilson over in Luther, Oklahoma. He's going to get a check for one thousand seven hundred and fifty bucks. Yep. There you go. You know, John's another one of those guys. I've met John before, but I got probably got to know him a little bit more, talk to him more at this event than I ever had before. But uh, hey, there's another just a great guy. Blue tick, big old blue tick, old Tex there. Second place. And our, yeah, and our overall winner was Grand Knight Champion Two, Rock'em Willie. That's a five-year-old tree and walker male owned by Alan Holden, Tyler Pettit, and Jason Cooper. From up in northern Indiana, Allen's from Fishers, Indiana. Three thousand dollars. Yeah, them. well, Fishers—that's more—that's more central, probably what you would call central mm-hmm. Indiana there. But uh, yeah, that that trio right there—you know—they've hooked up and had several good hounds here in the last uh, decade now, or whatever, in the last four or five years anyway. Autumn Oaks uh, did well in the World Championship, and uh, hey, we've used Tyler a lot, you know, to judge, and he's a great handler, been doing it a long time. Good dog man, and uh, they're hunting these dogs up. Willie's off the world champion, as was the uh, chirpy dog that uh, Parnell had, you know, two of them off of the world champion Willie dog. But, yeah, they got it. They pulled it off, got the win. $3,000 yeah. is what they won, right? That's right, yeah. $3,000. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I should have their check by today. Yeah, so. should have, yep. Yeah, and uh, we were able to to rope a couple in people in to judge for us. I know they probably wanted to compete in the Thursday night slam, but uh, they made their sacrifice, and, and you know we gave them a little bit of money to help us out. And we used Philip King as our assistant judge, and uh, just a young guy we just talked about, Kyle Oaks. He's from Eastern Tennessee, and he started up doing a podcast. And he's a guy I didn't know you know a year ago at this time probably yeah, very well. And uh, some people from down in Southeast Tennessee vouched for him, and we used him to judge at our World Finals. We've used him. Uh, in uh, different circumstances to judge for us and here we are a big right off the bat we use we use this young kid Kyle Lopes who's just now in his late teens early 20s but he demands a lot of respect and he judged this cast for us and I think you had a chance to talk to Kyle I I did you know and and I'll just say this I love to see young guys like Kyle that have a good reputation you know they know what they're doing they've they've learned the rules and and uh, are well educated on the rules and know and conduct themselves the way he does and everything and can handle a cast in this case a pretty high profile cast and they are not intimidated by it they are uh, much better shaped than I am you know to follow these dogs out there judging them and it's uh, man love having guys like Kyle but yeah you're right I did uh, he was one of the guys I got to sit down with and talk and we talked about his podcast a little bit you mentioned that in the onset here and 
and he, and also talked about this final cast. So uh, let's uh, let's go to that right now. And here's here's Kyle and I. What's going on, Kyle? Not much, man. Having a good time. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Good to have you down here, Kyle Oaks. You're from Tennessee, right? Yep, Popple, Tennessee. Yeah, and you're here. You got your podcast set up here. Yep, Coon Hunting Media Podcast. Yeah, how's that going for you? Man, it's going awesome. Good. Big Good. viewership, people loving it. Yeah. How We're long excited. have you been doing that? A month. Yeah. A month. So it's pretty it's much brand new. Yeah. Brand new. Yeah. And you got a partner with it as well, right? Yeah, Lim Hang Kennels. It's the kennels that I'm a partner of. It's uh, Jason Thompson, Johnny Cooper, Stacy Thompson, and Hudson Thompson. Yeah. So what? What are what kind of what 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 is your theme? What is your uh, what? What do you cover on your podcast? All breeds, everything, I mean, everything. We're yeah. wanting big thing. We're wanting to do is bring back some of the old legends that kind of lost their fame in the sport. Yeah, and bring them back up and because yeah. they've they've done a lot of stuff for us. Yeah, we wouldn't be here without them. Yeah, hey, you're a pretty young guy, aren't you? How old are you? Eighteen. Eighteen. That's it. Okay. <laughs> well, I thought you might be in your twenties, but no, uh, eighteen. Yeah. Heck. Well, you're a very mature guy. I can tell you that. Well, thank you. Hey, I will tell you. We used you to to uh, to judge at the World Finals last year. Yep. And I'll just tell you, man, I love seeing young guys that know the rules and can handle themselves well. And man, you're we get a lot of compliments. Well, I and that makes that. that that tickles me. Not we want good judges and stuff, and it tickles me when we have young guys that put that much effort into learning the rules. There's not a lot of young guys doing a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But you know, some some of you younger guys are the ones that can run like deer through the woods and are, yeah. are physically able to, yeah. you know? Right. So it's, it's good to have that. I didn't think you were that young, I guess, but, uh, man, we got a lot of compliments at the world. And then we used you here for the pro slam yeah. to be the non-hunting guide on the fi- or non-hunting judge on the final cast in the pro slam. But, uh, tell us a little bit about how, how'd that go? Well, that was a good cast. That we, was uh, uh, Thursday night when we ran the finals. Yeah. Thursday night, the finals had a good <laughs> cast. Dogs went in there and got struck and pitch stayed there. Everybody stayed to themselves. Agreed. So having coons, dens, yeah, and uh, I guess Rock and Willie, yeah, Rock and Willie was on the cast, yeah, looked good on a coon. So he had two black and tans, right? Uh, was it two no, black no, and, no, one black and tan, one black and a blue and tan, tick, and a blue, blue tick, tick, yeah, and two walkers, and two walkers, yeah, two walkers. Yeah, off we'll up final cast, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we appreciate that. Have you been to Winter Classic before? Yeah, this is makes my third, third, okay. fourth time. So you've been here several times. Yeah. Or did you hunt last night? And, yep. Did yeah. no good. No good. No good. Where'd you hunt off the grounds here? Yeah, off the grounds. We went about an hour, yeah. hour north. Yeah, you got a dog in it tonight. Yeah. And the rain doesn't bother you much. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give her a whirl at least. Yeah. There you go. That's like me and my brother back when we were your age. We'd hunt about three, oh, yeah. four nights a week. Didn't matter. It was Tuesday Rain, night. Rain, shine, or snow. Yeah, that's right. If it was snowing or raining, we'd sit in the truck with the windows cracked, you know, and listen for the dogs. Yeah. And they got trees. Yeah, well, go now we got to go and we can wait for the tree switch to flip off. There you go, man. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, appreciate you having here. Good luck with your podcast. Hey, thank Keep you. doing what you're doing, and, and uh, hopefully get uh, more guys looking up to guys like you doing things. We good hope and so. Right. Yeah. Heck yeah. Thank appreciate you. you, man. Alan, I know we both have new Daltra Pathfinder 2s. How are you liking yours so far? I'm liking it. I've even had the opportunity now to use mine where I didn't have service, where I download uh, the map of that area, and uh, it works flawlessly. Love it. I agree. I really like my Daltra Pathfinder 2 as well. I've used it quite a bit the past few months. I really like the crystal clear maps. I like that it doesn't lose uh, service very much, and I can't have, I don't have many bad things to say about it at all. Dogtra Pathfinder 2, the official GPS collar partner of UKC.
Okay. There's Kyle. Appreciate Kyle having a chance to sit down with you. That was good stuff. Yep. Yeah, let's move on to the warm-up slams now. They started on Wednesday night as well and uh, kind of kind of become a big deal, a good good chance for people to get out there and stretch their legs and stretch their dog's legs, and they keep catching on in, uh, in you know, people people wanting to get there, and popularity is the word I'm looking for, I believe. And uh, for this one in particular, we have a $1,000 added purse each night, and that's donated by Yukonuba and UKC through our partnership, so an extra $1,000 each night to the purse. And then also another $500 added purse each night, and that comes from the, Mass- the Mississippi Raccoon Hunters Association. And you're eligible for that if you get a membership, which is right there in the building where you get your entry at. It's only 20 bucks. You're supporting the state association that puts a lot of dogs in the woods over that weekend. Yeah, that's true. You know, the Mississippi Raccoon Association, they, they basically host the Wednesday night warm-up slam. And then uh, Thursday night, it's the Enid Lake uh, Club there. But yeah, it's uh, and, and I think a lot of the guys, I don't know what their numbers look like as far as the 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 out-of-staters, so to speak, how many of them get that membership so they're eligible for that. But I think a lot of them do. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. And Wednesday night, a previous record that we had for a Wednesday night slam here in Mississippi was 91 that we had back in 2022. I know last year you guys had a heck of a storm on Wednesday night that deterred some folks. But this year we blew past that 91 and had 100 entries right on the nose yeah. for a Wednesday night. 25, Pretty good. 25 four-dog gas, man. That was crazy. Good. Um, and ended up being some good hunt. The final cast ended up getting six hundred and twenty-eight dollars each. And I'll just mention those four dogs real quick. They got that good payday. We had night champion Routland's Black Riddle, a black and tan, owned by David Routland. He had six hundred plus. Grand night champion two, four-time world champion Floyd, owned by Terry Bennett and Walt Koshko out of Missouri with four fifty plus. Champion night champion Walkus Missouri Black Gator Bait, a black and tan, owned by you and John Walka Senior out of Missouri with 375 plus and night champion 4X Dirty Old South, a tree and walker owned by Donnie Brack with out of Missouri with 375 plus. Looked like Missouri had a good night. Well, I'd say so. That's what I was going to say. The common denominator is one thing, Missouri, state of Missouri. Yeah. Congratulations to all those guys. But yeah, $35 entry fee and go home with uh, splitting 600 and what did you say? 28 bucks or something like that. Yeah. 628. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Move on to Thursday night where, We've had we've had some definitely some good show ones over the past couple of years. Last year we had 159 entries in this Thursday night slam. This year we had 155. So if you put that with the four dogs we were hunting across the across the Civic Center in the Pro Slam, we had another 159 dogs hunting there tonight. So, and that's a lot of dogs to put in the woods. <laughs> they yeah. they uh, the the host club was uh, stressing there a little bit. I saw Ronnie's eyes twitching when I saw him, but they ended up getting them all in the woods. So. Every time I walked in there, he's on the phone. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure I know he was calling a couple of guys to guide. <laughs> we were in there looking for guides. I'll, just a, a little aside, we were in there looking for guides on Saturday, and we had, we needed a couple off the grounds from Ronnie, and he hit the phone, and one of our field reps said, I bet people hate seeing your name pop up this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but good stuff. And that that Thursday night, each of the each people in the final four got $746 each. What a payday. Yeah. Same thing again, $35 entry fee. Yep, and that's our first uh, first place dog here was Grand Night Champion Champion Mr. Hyde, a tree and walker owned by Ashley Dalton over in West Virginia, 850 plus. We had Night Champion Kroll's Jody, a tree and walker owned by Brandon Kroll in Indiana, 675 plus. 
Grand Knight Champion 2, Wilson and Holloman's Royal Cable 2, a black and tan owned by Ashley Oxendine in North Carolina, had 600-plus. And Anderson's Wipeout Juice, uh, Tree and Walker owned by Rodney Anderson from Tennessee at 425-plus. Yeah, Ashley Oxendine, I didn't see him there, but uh, obviously had somebody else hunting that dog. I knew he bought that black and tan there, but yeah, I'm not sure what you call him. I thought he was a blue tick man when I first met him about three, four, five years ago, but... Uh, He's, I know he's got his hands on walkers, and heck, now he's got a black and tan, too. Well, I, uh, I actually just uh, Facebook messaged him a couple of days ago. I listened to his podcast with Josh Michaelis that they did, and it was a, he's he's a good represent, representation of coon hunters. He is. The more people that could hear that, the better, and I, I kind of messaged him and let him know that. And he said, I'm just an old country coon hunter, so I guess that's what you classify <laughs> him as. I think he's a chicken farmer, I think. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah, so. Well, hey, that's kind of the end of the slams. We've kind of moved into to Friday morning here now. We're going to talk about the bench show a little bit. Yeah, you know, before you go into that, you know, we mentioned Ronnie Stark does has a lot to do with those warm-up slams uh, and getting the guides and all that. But uh, we're going to talk to Ronnie here uh, a little later on. I, was, I sat down with him as well, but you're going to hear from Ronnie too. Perfect. Perfect. Well, on our Friday portion of the show, it kind of gets started off early Friday morning, about 9.30 a.m. Central Time is whenever – they started hitting the ring, and we start out with our registered classes, followed by pairs. And our judge this year was Miss Scarlett Overton from down there in uh, southern Mississippi is where she lives this year. She was pretty excited to do that, too. You could tell she was there uh, Friday night, obviously, or well, Friday morning when she showed up there. You could tell she was ready and uh, excited to do it and did a good job, I think. I didn't get to watch a lot of the show, but uh, it's, it's good to have folks like uh, Scarlett helping judge the shows. It takes a it takes a different kind of beast to be able to judge Friday at Winter Classic after you start off at nine thirty and you don't end till nine o'clock after the top ten show nine o'clock at night. That was a long day for her, but yeah, we sure appreciate her. She did a great job. Yep. Uh, best Miller show this year, Winter Classic. It was Confirmation Champion Rag Mountain still in your thunder. That's a plot owned by the Woodwards, Katie and Jason over in Madison, Virginia. And the best female show was a name that we've seen a couple times this year already, a Grand American champion. That was uh, PR second win, Stunning in Stilettos. Trent Walker, owned by Janice Hunter of Branford, Florida. I'm guessing Jason probably handled the dog again. He did. He did. You know, I'm surprised this dog's still in the register division, but she's got to be getting close to champion now. You would certainly think so. Absolutely. And then all, and after our registered portion of the show, we moved on to our pairs. And our winning pair this year was the Black and Tan winners. And that was... Uh, Gilman's Good Time Tradition. There, it's a black and tan. There's all those titles again, Trevor. I'm sure people know them by now, don't they? Do I need to? But, uh, <laughs> Probably. I, I, will, I will give them. I'll give them their credit here. They had racing I A P N U A G I Grand Champion Three U R O Two Confirmation Grand Champion Gilman's Good Time Tradition and a spot title too there at the end for anybody who was wondering. And that's a black and tan owned by David. And uh, obviously Misty Yarrington's a big part of these dogs as well. And the female pair uh, paired with it was grand champion Gilman's good time. Stella, uh, the female owned by David Gilman. Yep. Oh yeah. On, on Friday, the first day of the shows, we have the registered show and then we have the pairs and then the top 10 that's, you know, and then champions and grands come on Saturday. Yeah, so we fast forward after all our hunt stuff there in the afternoon that we do from 12 till 5.30, we get into the top 10 bench show where we, we kind of do it up. You know, it's a it's a whole year deal for people to qualify for this thing. So we have appetizers and hors d'oeuvres and drinks for all the participants. And it seemed like people finally 
got comfortable with getting those things this year. There was a good line there at least a couple times. And then we got ready for the show. We turned on the lights and put the spotlights on and did our parade. And it was time to figure out who was going to get the checks this year. Yeah, the top 10 is made up, obviously, of 10 dogs of each breed who uh, earn their points by defeating dogs throughout the year. You know, that's how the top 10 is determined. And that's a fun part of it. The very first part is that parade of each one of those, uh, of all all of the dogs in each breed parading through there and read their names, their sires, their dams, and all that good stuff. And that's always a fun time. Try to do it up. Like you said, we turn the lights down, put the spotlights on them, and and hopefully we can improve on it. I think this last year, I uh, I goofed up a little bit. I announced that, and this year I was set to learn from it last year, and I think we did it a little better. Than it uh, turned out pretty good, so yeah. Yeah, it's I think fun. it went really smooth. Yeah. I think it went really smooth, the show did as a whole. So yeah. One funny thing, Shannon's there. Uh, Shannon Nardi, a member of our media team, was going to take pictures of the dogs as they were coming into the ring, and I guess the name of the show can be a little uh, – little deceiving she expected there to be 10 dogs and 50 dogs later she was like (laughs) when does this thing end yeah top 10 in each breed yeah yeah so uh judging the top 10 show friday night were obviously miss scarlet overton who we already talked about we had amber carroll who's going to judge the show for us the next day on saturday and we brought in a third judge who was there uh doing his podcast stuff with us and a legend of the sport mr steve filler yeah yeah, they all three did a good job. I I took them while well, I think you had a handlers meeting, kind of brief the handlers on what the, on the procedures and everything for the show. And in the meantime, I had all three judges and and we had a judges meeting, kind of went over the process. It's a little different how they judge. I mean, obviously in the first round they we have three rings set up with uh, each a judge in each ring and one bench in each one of those rings where the first dog goes into ring number one, that judge evaluates the dog, gives it a score of sorts, and uh, uh, and goes the dog goes right to ring number two, and then finally ring number three, and then uh, the the all three judges' scores are combined, and that's kind of how they how they do that, and it's it's worked. It's kind of it's different, yeah. but it's an interesting show. It's something that uh, UKC has done with their top ten in the on the all breed section. That's kind of where it came from. So and that's they've done that for a year for a lot of years at premier the premier dog show in kalamazoo michigan so uh, we've kind of adopted that here and it's it's kind of worked worked pretty well absolutely in a couple years i guess uh, three or four years ago now at this point we added the fifteen thousand dollar cash prize to it where each of the seven breed winners gets two thousand dollars each and then the overall winner that's selected gets an additional thousand dollars for a three thousand dollar total purse for the overall winner and it's been a good incentive for people. And man, once we got down to our seven breed winners and you saw them out there in the ring, what a stacked class that was. I know. There's yeah. some nice dogs in that top 10. Of course there will be, you know, they've, they're the dogs that de- defeated the most dogs throughout the year, earn the most dogs or uh, earn the most points for their breed. And uh, but yeah, a lot of nice dogs. We see a lot yeah. of nice dogs at, you know, all the major shows for that matter, you know, probably uh, autumn Oaks, you'll probably see, the most uh, dogs of that upper caliber, but this top ten show is really nice, impressive. As good as, as any as good you'll as good as any you'll see all year, you, and I'm going to mention those seven. Dogs yeah, you know, quick. Trevor. The one thing you know, a couple of weeks ago, you and I did went over those top ten, and we play that just before the show starts. There, with the played the podcast where you and I covered every dog and all those breeds, and folks should go back and listen to it if they haven't already. But that's that's 
that's pretty, I love doing that. And I'm glad that we do that and give them the recognition that they deserve. And, um, I know just today at the, you know, we're recording this the week after the winter classic. I spoke with, uh, with Nicole Sedlecki, who has uh, a lot to do up here at UKC with programs like this. And we were talking a little bit and, uh, you know, you mentioned the dinner thing and just, uh, Hey, if we can always looking to improve on this. So I hope we can just keep adding to this show. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, I want to mention the seven dogs that won their breed real quick before we announce who the overall winner is, who you probably already heard of, but I might as well give them a recognition on here as well. So black and tan breed winner was our world show champion from last year. Grand champion Gilman's Good Time Blues, owned by Dave and Kelly Myers in Pennsylvania. Our leopard winner was... Let's see, Grandfield Champion, Grand Water Champion, Confirmation Champion, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Soap Creek Mr. Moose with a spot title, owned by Chuck and Lucas Slattery in Tennessee. Our Blue Tick winner was Grand Champion Ford, Rockin' W Surround Sound, owned by Web, uh, Whitney and Debbie Killow in Arkansas. Our English winner was Grand Champion 2, New Heart Running Man Zeke, owned by Stacy Ragsdale in Iowa. Plot winner was Champion County Line Truman, a plot owned by Christina Officer and Chelsea Bailey in Kentucky. Our Red Bone winner was National Grand Champion, Confirmation Champion, Grand Champion, Wabash River, Lost Highway, Andy and Keith Emery, Curtis Elburn, and Nikki Elburn from North Carolina owned this dog, our Autumn Oaks winner last year. And rounding out the seven was our Tree and Walker winner, Confirmation Champion, Grand Champion 3, Skyline and Leave You Dare the Devil, owned by Bridget Clary and Beth Jenkins over in Virginia. And our overall winner was? Was the, was the Red Bone, uh, the, uh, the Wabash the River, highway, Lost Highway, though. Andy Elburn, yeah. You know, in the first, we, we mentioned how the procedure for round one and round two, those breed, those seven breed winners, they all come back in again for judging. But this time we put them all together. We put seven benches in there, and then all three judges go through them one more time, and they give essentially kind of grade each one of the dogs, and then we take those grades of all three of them, combine them, and then that's how we determine the overall winner. But, yeah, congratulations to Andy with her red bone one autumn oaks last year that's a nice dog it's done a lot of winning and uh he looked he all the dogs look good but uh yeah dog looked great she won the three thousand dollars great win for her mm-hmm. uh, moving on to Saturday morning at 9 30 we started out with our champion class and our champion male uh that was judged by Amber Carroll who lives over in Oklahoma these days came over and judged for us and she's selected as the champion male Confirmation champion, champion Mermack Valley Terror in the Wind. This was a Trian Walker owned by Connie Bigley and Sabrina Ray of Davisville, Missouri. The champion female was champion, confirmation grand champion, Mine Creek Amazing Grace. It's a plot owned by Rita Mason Ellis and Penny Turner of Burlington, North Carolina. And then right after the conclusion of the champion uh, champion classes, we got went to our kids show, kind of an intermission to... Uh, let the judge have a little bit of a break and then also kind of a photo op for the youth involved in the sport, give out some medallions to them, ask them some questions. And I saw some photos from that event and they were pretty dang good. Yeah. And usually they have quite a few kids, you know, there's, they don't enter, have to enter anything. They just line up there when it's time, you know, line up with whatever dog they can get. And uh, yeah, those are always pretty cool. I heard some of them talking about it before the, before the show. And it's always cool to see the excitement and how they anticipate that part of it. And then uh, moving on to after that to our grand champion class, and our grand champion male winner was continuing the hot streak, national grand champion, confirmation champion, grand champion, Wabash River Lost Highway, the red bone male owned by Andy and Keith Emery and Curtis and Nikki Elburn over in North Carolina. 
Got that distinction for the weekend, too. And our grand champion female was grand champion second wins Indigo Illusion. It's a tree and walker owned by Janice Hunter, Brantford, Florida. So the way that works is now we bring back our six category winners. So that's the six we've mentioned so far. Best male of show and best female of show from Friday. And our champion male, champion female, grand champion male, grand champion female from Saturday. And out of those six, the overall winner was second win, stunning and stilettos. Trina Walker owned by Janice Hunter of Brantford, Florida and handled by Jason. His second major event already this year. Uh, Grand American and all the winter classic, you know, Jason and, and uh, all of Janice, they were so excited and, I actually sat down with them after their big win at the Grand American, but uh, uh, Jason was actually my first interview I got on the podcast. So after it was soon after the show on Saturday, so uh, I pulled him back up there and we talked about this. And you mentioned in the onset about his uh, Hunter's Wheelhouse podcast setup that he had. So we talked about those two things. Uh, so here you're going to hear from Jason right now uh, talking about his win with uh, Stiletto and. Stella, I guess, as they call her, and then he's also going to talk about his Hunter's Wheelhouse podcast. Mr. Hunter from Florida again. <laughs> Mr. Alan Gingrich. <laughs> Golly. Uh, winter Classic this time. This is a first. First time at Winter Classic. First timer ever yeah. winning the Winter Classic. You've been here a lot of years, though. Chill bump. <laughs> I'm not lying, brother. Oh, man, I'm talking to Jason Hunter from Florida. You just won the overall bench show at the Winter Classic. Yes, Stella again. She won at the Grand American, and we had you on the podcast for that. Here we are again. I don't even know what to say. To be honest <laughs> with you, you know, uh, I, I keep saying I'm so thankful, but I'm very blessed. Yeah, I, I feel so blessed to have the honor to handle such a dog like this. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, for those that didn't listen to our podcast from the Grand American, tell us a little bit about Stella. Where does she come from? What is she? Well, Stella is a dream come true. Uh, I've been showing dogs since I was 13 years old. My mama started breeding dogs about 27 years ago. Talking about Janice Hunter. Janice Hunter, my mother. And uh, I'll never forget, we started with two show dogs, or two show dogs. It was um, just two really average dogs, really. And then here we are, 27 years later of hard work that my mom has put into her breeding program. And here I am, this 27 years later, still handling her dogs. Yeah. And I feel like we're just now starting to hit a groove yeah and it's 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 a special thing when you share it with your mother i mean it really is to to see the dedication it takes to breed these hounds to make sure the confirmations to breed standard that specifically is the biggest thing alan when you're talking about show dogs in general it is breed standards that's what these judges are looking at and when you're a breeder as my mom is uh you have to really study that breed standard and try your best to match it and that's what she's done, and I'm just there to try to make them look good. <laughs> yeah. You know, you bring up a, a point I remember today, or I saw Amber before she made that final pick. She mentioned that, that she's judging dogs to the standard, not dog to dog necessarily, but uh, to the standards. And conditioning. Yep. Amber, Miss uh, Amber. Carol. Miss Amber Carroll, she brought up when I came out of the ring, uh, conditioning and the, the health of these dogs. She said it was sensational. She says the conditioning was sensational. It all comes together and makes one. Yeah. And it's. Yeah. So you mentioned your, your mom, Janice, being here, seeing all of that. She was, I was sitting there in the front row next, next to your dad, actually, who's also here. Yes. Wayne Hunter, and, 75. Uh, yeah, 75. 75. Yeah. You know, and I'll get to that in a minute. Don't let me forget that. Yeah. But uh, about the oldest hunter, he hunted in the hunt. But uh, yeah, I, just, I could tell just that the, your parents are so proud of you and the dog, obviously, but they were so tickled. It's, it's pure, it's pure. Uh, 
Just raw emotion. Yeah. It's raw emotion. We I don't hide anything under my yeah. sleeves and we just love what we do. Now the other thing I noticed after you're in the ring and the ring is forty feet wide, you're over there on the other side, you turn Stella loose and and your mom is on right in front of me and Stella is wagging her tail running across the ring to your mom. They're a dream team. Yeah. My mom loves There's that a dog. connection there. It's a special connection, and it's, to be honest with you, I've never really worked Stella very much. My mom doesn't either, and the reason for that is we click. It was just something when she was a baby, she was a natural, and that comes back to talking about confirmation. Naturals, they're easy, and they make it fun, and then when they have that special attitude, and that's she's a once-in-a-lifetime dog to me. I've never touched one like her. She's unique. I can grab her by her front paws. She jumps up on me and she goes to bouncing and playing. And she'll do it in the middle of the show. After the show, she run over to mama. Yeah. She loves my mom, but it's a connection that's unexplainable. Yeah. You know. How old is she? She turned two yesterday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Stella. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'm just so blessed. Yeah. I feel so blessed. Okay. What is she out of it? I don't even remember. Well, your mama knew at Grand well, America. Mama knows because mama breeds them. <laughs> yeah. I do the handle and then I deal with these nerves and I lose my yeah. train of thought. And I ain't gonna lie to you. I can't even remember right yeah. now. Yeah. It's off of my mom's line of dogs. And yeah. she she has just done a sensation. Yeah. Well, hey, congratulations on that. We mentioned your dad a little bit. So we do this thing here at the Winter Classic on Friday night. It's kind of a tradition, uh, recognizing the oldest hunter. Your dad was the second oldest hunter. Yes. The last one of the last two standings. He'll be seventy-five, I guess, this year. This year in July. So yeah, there's only Mr. Walter Carley in Alabama is already seventy-five. You're right. So, uh, but I love to see that. You know what's amazing is seventy-five. Think about that. It's amazing. You, yeah, you got to go in the woods with him. Yeah. He'll shock you. I'm like, Dad, you got to slow down. Yeah, buddy, that dog locates in trees. It's over with. You better get your boots on. I made a video not long ago. I said, when you go hunting with Wayne Hunter, I took my snake boots off, I put my waders on, and then I had to dump them out when I come out because <laughs> Wayne Hunter doesn't care, buddy. Where they treat you, go. Yeah. And at 75, yeah. he will hunt just as hard as I will. Well, that's just awesome. You know, we talk about getting the young kids involved, and, and we do a lot to promote the young kids and everything, but it's equally the same for me to see some of these older guys still being able to stay out there and hunt. That's right. Love it. Well, and what's amazing is, is you got some of the youth coming to the booth, and you got figures like my father that's been in this business since he was a young man and they you filter these young uh, handlers in and they start talking about these old hounds and they get to know about the old hounds yeah it's so cool to see the differences between generations yeah. of me knowing dogs and then another generation yeah. coming up and see them kicking butt it's amazing so you just briefly mentioned the booth you're talking about the hunter's wheelhouse let's talk about that for a second so you've kind of got your own podcast going yes sir. you're doing great with that Thank I you. like some of the guests and, and some of your interviews. Very interesting stuff. Talk about that a little bit. We just like to keep things natural. I mean, I, I like, like we are here right now. I, I don't like to stage anything. I like to talk about talk to people about their accomplishments and then their life. Let people get to know someone. You know, a podcast is where we should sit down and really get to know each other. Yeah. Let's talk about your previous life. What, what brought you to this point in life? Yeah. What got you here? You know, the first one, some of the first ones I watched are some that you did at the, uh, Autumn Oaks, I think, this yes. last year. So one of them that I watched, you sat down with Lisa Hunsicker, and I've known Lisa for a lot of years. I learned so much watching that things I didn't know about Lisa. I thought that's that's And that's, that's what makes stuff. it so special. Yeah. You know, I, I've known Lisa since I was a young man, and she's been a mentor to me since I was a little boy. And like today, I win, and she's in pure raw emotion running to me. Yeah. 
And you mentioned the interview, and the reason why I mentioned that is you think you know people. You sit down with people, and you really get to know yeah. people. That lady, Miss Lisa Huntziger, is one of the most special ladies I've ever met in my life. She roots on everybody out there. She's a game changer for this industry. Yeah. Attitude's everything. She has got a great positive attitude. Attitude's everything. Yeah. Whether you're 75 like my dad is yeah. or whether you're coming up, it doesn't yeah. matter. And that's what I preach to all my pro staff. It's mostly youth yeah. for Hunter's Wheelhouse. I tell them attitude's everything. Yeah. You know, and get to know people and smile. Be yeah. happy. There you go. You know, why why have a bad day? Well, you do it. You set the example for that, Jason. Congratulations, man. Thank you. You're an honor. Thanks for being here, bud. Yeah, it's, a, it's an honor to be here. It really is. Yeah, so there you heard from Jason. He and I talked for a little while, and you heard about his podcast and this and that. Yeah, but just like I said, he's uh, an excitable guy, and, and uh, he sure is. He loves that dog. Loves that dog, and, and rightfully so. She's a very nice dog. So congratulations to him, his mother. And actually, when they crowned that dog, I was sitting down front row. Uh, I was, uh, I should have been upstairs helping you. I know with the night hunt stuff, but uh, I wanted to watch the end of the show and it was a little slow sure. down there. So I did go down there, sat front row and I sit next to Wayne just happened, uh, Jason's dad and boy, he was excited as well. Yeah. Hey, great win for them. Great start for the year for that, for that tandem. And yeah, you said he mentioned the podcast or his podcast a little bit as Hunter Wheelhouse and the stuff he's doing. And I just, he's doing great stuff. He's, he's putting the spotlight on some of the youth in our sport and giving them a platform to, and some good youth, and I appreciate everything he's doing. But, hey, I guess that's kind of a wrap for today. We decided to make this a two-parter, kind of doing our uh, show stuff and our, our warm-up stuff today. And so this doesn't turn into a two-and-a-half-hour podcast. We're going to split it up into two parts here, and I think that'll be easier for everybody to listen to. Yeah. So uh, so you're hearing this one here, and, uh, and next week you stay tuned for uh, more coverage from the 2024 Winter Classic. Thank you for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss any of our new episodes or content.